story. Tell me your worries. I know that everything will be just fine. Catch you when you fall. Be there when you call. It's never too much. I got you real tall. I'm Tania Carr and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Here at Real Talk, we create space for authenticity, awareness and making a positive impact on the world around us. Real talk, real people, real stories. Real Talk. I'm Tania Carr, and in this episode, you are going to hear the vulnerable but powerful kōrero from David Reedy. David took the stage at our Real Talk Monga Rangatahi event in Waihopai in Vikago, sharing his emotional story of escaping the cult of Gloria Vale. He shares with us the heartbreaking story of losing his sister Priya and how he lives his life with her in his thoughts always. He talks about how Muay Thai helped him to redirect his anger, how breaking in horses helps to balance the soft parts of him. It allows him to build trust and communicate without words. David is proud to be Māori, and at only 23 years old, he is so wise and destined for great things in life. We are beside him all the way, and we're excited about watching him continue to succeed in life and all that he chooses to do. Here is a whakatauki that David shared with us on the night, which is really quite fitting to the mahi that he does because he's farming now. I am the land, the land is me. Now it's important to note that there are some triggering subjects in this corridor. So if you get triggered by this corridor, there are some support contact numbers listed in the show notes for you to utilize. Here is David's story. Shoulder, my name is David Rudy, and uh, I'm a dairy farmer from the Maniatoto. Uh, my wife and I, we share milk. 750 cows there. I had a pretty normal childhood, I thought. Um, Grew up with friends, I grew up with family. I was in the bush, Uh, I was riding horses, I was in the creeks catching crayfish. I thought everything was just normal. Got my hidings, Um, I thought I deserved them. Nothing stood out to me really. Uh, But then getting into my older years, I kind of understood that I was living in a cult. Uh, I didn't know it was a cult, we called it a, a community, but this is Gloraval, which we probably all know about now. <sighs> the, the way I see Gloraval now is uh, a religious abusive cult uh, full of rape, assault, beatings and whippings. Um, big families. I was number 12 out of 13 siblings. Um, And yeah, we just, we have very different upbringings, the boys and the girls. The girls are taught uh, to be housebound, to be quiet, to be submissive. They're given traditional roles only. They're not allowed to get further educations. They're very 
kept at what they can explore. Boys, on the other hand, we're, we're pumped up. We're taught to be leaders. You're the future leaders of this community, of this church. Uh, so, like, ego-fueled and that nothing makes a guy dumber than pumping up his ego. And nothing makes him look at his environment and think about his actions than just filling with ego. And that's exactly what we were all taught from childhood to act like. My younger sister, Priya, was born with Down syndrome. And from, from, from day one, she was excluded from Gloravale Society. My parents had to fight to get her medical care. She grew up deaf because she didn't receive immediate hearing treatment as a baby. That was blocked by the leaders. You know, pray, it's going to work. It doesn't. Education, she was blocked at school. My parents had to fight just to get her a tutor, a personal tutor, you know, but who needs that? And, you know, it's all about fitting into the community, fitting into what the community designates you to be. And they say, well, you don't need this, so, you know. Be happy. And so school school was tough. We went school through school together. You know, kids are shit and they bully each other. So she got picked on a lot. And then when I was 16, she was 14. <sighs> One night she, she choked on a piece of meat and, and died in front of me. I was going past the window and I heard I heard a commotion. Whipped the window open, opened the curtain, I can see it standing in there with mum and it's 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 happening and I jump in there and I try to help. Uh, but it doesn't work. This this thing's stuck. And then she goes unconscious in, in front of me. And the next, you know, like I know, I know in my mind that it's three minutes, three minutes without oxygen, but it's like we were there for the next hour. I was doing CPR on my little sister, swapping out with my dad. We're trying to pull this, this piece of meat out. We're, we're just trying for, for so long. And it just, it just doesn't work. Mum's, mum's lot. Kneeling beside us, just begging us, like begging us to win, begging us to figure something out. And we couldn't. And I remember just sitting, uh, medical people got there, and they're like, no, nah, she's, she's dead. Um, stop. I remember it's, it's back. And I sit back. Mum's crying. And it was just the shittiest, the shittiest thing ever uh, to experience. Uh, I think kind of my whole life with prayer, I'd grown up and not really appreciated her. Like, as you do with someone that's always there. And then in that moment, it had just felt the strongest connection and the strongest attachment to her and then I was also sad that I'd never I never invested in that relationship before as much as I should have I'd never loved as hard as I should have and and that just crushed me and it crushed the whole family
Um, Mum was Mum was airlifted out twice in the next year to Greymouth. Just she was heartbroken and wrecked. And like a good old cult does, we were told to not grieve. You know, she's in a better place. Um, stiff upper lip it. Don't talk about it. And it just started to piss me off. Um, I'd grown up my whole life, towed the line, fitted in, prayed the prayers, said the words, dressed the same. But but this was pissing me off how they didn't care. They didn't care she was dead. And and no one no one cared what had happened to my mum, what had happened to my family, and what had happened to me. The community acted like she had been a valued member, like sitting through a funeral where they're all just like, I loved prayer, like, we supported her. It's just disgusting. And I was just getting angrier and angrier. Um, I was having nightmares every night, watching it happen just again and again and again. There's no sleep. It's just going crazy. Um, and so I got pissed off, and I started to to buck the trend, to, to buck the rules. I'd always look down on rebels, but then I was becoming one. And I just wasn't scared anymore. I started digging into to Glorval's past about all the secrets that no one in there talks about it. Out here it's kind of common knowledge that it's a religious cult, the sexual abuse that happens in there. No one, no one knows about it. I never knew about it. No one would talk to me. And I had to dig and dig and dig until I found, found something that I could actually take to the leaders and confront them with. And this, this led me on a path out here. This is my beautiful mother and my older sister, Connie. This is actually the day I was kicked out. We're at a farm next to Gloravale, up the Halpuri Valley. And just that natural, that natural evolution of becoming a rebel and just like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to sit down with your bullshit. Like, you're a pack of dogs, you're bullies, you're rapists, you protect your pedophiles, the youth leader's a pedophile, he's a rapist also. No one's doing anything. All the, all the men in there are just castrated. Like, no one does anything because they all just want to fit in. And they're so terrified about their, like, the, the afterlife, what's going to happen, heaven, hell. Like, they're just gelded into doing nothing. And I, I decided I, it wasn't for me. I was going to stand up and do something. And so I was at the leaders just every day for the way they treated my mum, my family, my sisters. I grew up watching my sisters come home so many times in tears, broken. Someone had just chewed them out. No one looked after them. No one stood up for them. The place was just full of bullies. And the fathers and the brothers and the men just did nothing. And so this naturally took me on a path just out of there. So at 17, I was kicked out of the only home I'd known and the only environment I knew anything about. Super scared, but then also ex excited. I didn't want to live there. I knew they didn't represent my values. So on I moved. Uh, they stuck me on a bus to Christchurch, flew me to Napier, and my aunties from Gizzy came down and picked me up. That's my oldest uncle, David, it's my nan, Ivy, and it's one of my aunties, Jackie. 
And so I was in the f- free world, uh, living living with Fino, but I was also a stranger. Never met them. I'd never assimilated in a natural environment. So I didn't know how to act. Um, I didn't understand love. Like they showered me with love. I couldn't even recognize it. I was still hyper aggressive from like just leaving Gloravale. And I, I made a, a lot of mistakes. Um, I had a lot of things to apologize for later once I'd realized that. But the contrast of coming from a place where my friends and my family didn't even care to strangers who just loved me because I was Fino. It was just mind-blowing. So I was in Gizzy for a few months, but then I was back to farming, got a job on a dairy farm in Taupo. First job, first boss. Again, had no no idea what the expectations were, what the hierarchy was, plus I've got all this other stuff happening. And so my, my first boss was... Super cool, taught me a lot. But again, I was still kind of, I was feeling sorry for myself. I'm alone. My own family doesn't love me. They were happy for the leaders to do what they did, split us apart. No one did anything. So kind of just sulking. And going through the motions of I'm happy, I'm free, but nothing's happening in here because I'm just sad. I'm crying myself to sleep every night. I'm lonely. I've got no contacts. I've got no car. I'm isolated. And I'm just kind of quitting. So I got into kickboxing, grown up with that fear of physicality, just being beaten and whipped my whole life. I didn't like that, so I looked, I looked at all the parts of me I didn't like, and I was like, I'm going to change them. So boom. Straight into fighting, straight into changing that baseline of fear. I wasn't going to be a prey animal anymore. I wasn't going to be pushed around. I was going to get confidence. I was going to learn to fight. And it was tough. I wasn't not that good at it, but, um, yeah, it's like you just get a hiding. And it's it's in, like, I won one there, so there's a photo. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's it's a pure, it's such a pure experience, just pure aggression. There's no there's no bullshit. You can't fake anything. It's like either you are or you aren't, and either you pull it out of the bag or you crumble. I, I love just the authenticity of it. Gloravale's full of lies and secrets, and people are fake. And fighting and the fighting community was just like that on. I was also buying foals in my spare time and then breaking them in, working them on the farm. Again, I loved the range, the full range of emotions I could have. I could train and fight, but then I could also work with horses and cattle where one's complete domination and aggression, the other one's cooperation, learning a language without words, rhythm. And it's, it's so it was so healing for me. Yeah. Does anyone ride horses? Yeah, like you know, you know what it's like, and it's it's beautiful. Horses are special, cows are special, and it, and that was me just trying to heal, just trying to heal myself. I was hyper aggressive, I was depressive, and this and this helped me change that. So I was um, again 
looked at what I didn't like about myself, what I didn't like about my environment, and I met my wife, now Maddie, at a gym in Timaru where I was fighting out of. And, yeah, again, just a relationship, super hard, super good. I love the the opportunity to be extended grace to when I'd screwed up. And I never, again, I saw another level of how rotten I was as a person when I had to live with someone else and share my life with someone else, how selfish I was, how arrogant I was. And being in a relationship and putting myself under the magnifying glass and saying, I'm going to let it change me because, you know, I don't like David now, I like David tomorrow. And I don't want to stay the same. Um, and yeah, then we have our boy, uh, Tuakana, who we're named after my papa. Again, fatherhood just became the next step of losing another piece of myself that I didn't like and growing something good in me. I was attracting a relationship, security, and then I could model, model that unconditional love to a child and I could give him something I was never given. And again, it was just healing me. Oh, that one. I read that book and it was cool. I thought, we'd, <laughs> I thought we took that out. Uh, and then back to farming. So kuaho, te whenua, ko te whenua, kuaho. That's pretty much my farming motto. I'm the land, the land is me. Uh, cows come first. Uh, they just do, and we can spend we can spend a lot of our lives chasing things. But I decided to chase the things that fulfilled me and the things that healed me. And so I guess to wrap up, it's no one's coming. There's going to be times in your life when no one shows up. It's guaranteed. We're all going to be alone. We're all going to be abandoned. But we can show up for ourselves. We can look at our environments, we can decide what we don't like and we can do something about it we can put in a fuck ton of work and we can put our ego out there to be chopped away every day and we can we can really make a difference I know I did and I'd do it again I fucking would do it again and this is where it all started um, this event at 16 losing her made me realize I was wasting my life. I was a sook. And I wanted to be someone she was proud of. And so that's my goal every day, is to be better, uh, is to farm better, be a better father, better husband. And everything I do is inspired by prayer. Thank you. Real Talk could be coming to a town near you, so check out the Real Talk website, www.realtalknz.co.nz or follow us on our Instagram at real underscore talk underscore nz to find out where we'll be next. I got you real talk.